Zoom, zoom, zoom. That is, uh, that's really quality stuff to open the podcast. That's really good. I really, I'm really glad we got that. CavsCorner.com podcast. CavsCorner.com, your source for junior sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the palatial Franklin States in the west end of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, February the 8th. The mighty have fallen. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, Virginia went into Durham and, and, and beat Duke and Cameron last night in a game that no doubt um, none of us on this podcast expected to see play out the way it did. And if a lot of fans out there, maybe you thought Virginia had a chance to beat Duke, but you didn't see them going into Duke and bullying the Blue Devils and Cameron. But that's what happened last night. We are going to talk about that and uh, sort of how that, I don't know, changes the season. Does it change the season? I feel like we've had a very kind of like echoey sort of conversation about this basketball team for weeks now. Anytime it came up on the podcast, like, all right, well, does this move the needle for you? We would, we kind of like him and Hall a little bit. And we, we never really could get to the place where we thought anything was different per se. Um, I'm curious to get to, to ask that question here in a little bit and see what answers we get. Before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. First, up in Loudon, staff writer Justin Ferber is on the program. How are you, my friend? Oh, God, I thought it was going to be Dave. I'm, I'm not ready. Um, uh, I yeah, hate brains uh, to you. He's not, he's not here yet. Yeah, not yet. Um, add Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. I like that your whole intro was just you basically freaking out because you didn't have anything to say. That's pretty great. Uh, and, and in Charlottesville, uh, managing editor Damon Dillman, also on the program. What's going on, my dude? How are you? So we're talking basketball tonight, not this new Vanderbilt defensive coordinator. Oh, we might wow. have plenty of opportunities to talk about that. Let loose the dogs of war. Wow. <laughs> At Damon Dillman on Twitter. Oh, and Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner. Great place to in-game updates, the content items, and the occasional witty banter. Um, man, uh, I, that, of all the people, Damon, I didn't, I didn't have you pegged for that that joke. That was well done. That was very well done. Um, all right. So, look, I don't want to gloss over um, Virginia's win over Miami um, because I think that I think that's a game that you, you that I really did not expect to see Virginia dominate as much as they did to play as well as the Cavaliers did uh, to stifle Miami. As, as well as they did, they, Miami goes 4 of 17 from deep. Um, you know, they scored, Miami put eight points on the board at the end against the, the backups and made that thing look much more respectable than it was. Virginia led by as many as 21. Um, just a really solid evening. Franklin goes for 22 on 8 of 16, 3 of 8 from 3. Both Clark and Gardner both scoring double figures. Uh, Beekman had 10 assists and 9 points. Um, I just think it was a really solid game. And then I really thought, like, the way that this thing has trended, right? They win a game, they lose a game. They win a game, they lose a game. Going to Duke Monday night, I don't know if anybody really thought, um, you know, really thought that this was going to be the way it played out. And, again, you might have thought Virginia was going to play well. 
or you know, you might have liked the matchup. I certainly didn't like the matchup. I thought Bancaro was going to be a problem for them. I never in a million years would have foreseen Jaden Gardner shutting that dude down. But Bancaro takes like what one shot in the app in the whole second half, and it's the desperation heave at the buzzer. He finishes eight points, three of six from the field. Did not attempt. Uh, excuse me, my bad. That is not his stat line. Let's rewind that. He had nine points, three of nine um, from the from the floor, one of three from three, and obviously he, he did not he did not hit that shot at the buzzer. Ferber, let's start with you. In the pantheon of things you expected to see last night, what you saw go down in Cameron, where does that rank? Because I'm going to guess it was not on the list. Uh, yeah, I was like legit stunned. Um, obviously, by the time the game ended, I wasn't because it was pretty clear <laughs> throughout the game that they were going to hang, but um you know like coming into the game i mean i did a preview i picked them to lose by 15 i think or something like that and you know that that just felt right um you know you have to think like uva did play well against miami and um that wasn't as surprising miami's been kind of trending in the wrong direction and uva actually closed as a favorite i think they were like a four-point favorite in that game um and they were at home uh going to duke you know that's a different challenge short short turnaround um and, you know, Duke, we it obliterated North Carolina on Saturday, and they're at home where UVA has had very little success um, in terms of wins and losses. Obviously, they've kept games close. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I just didn't see it coming. And then right out of the gate, they're up, what, 8-2. to two. Um, Eventually, they were up 12. And it was like, damn, like, they're really, you know, hanging in there. Um, and Duke goes on that little run at the end of the first half, and um, – you know, it kind of felt like a game to me where Duke was like waiting for UVA to kind of fade. Um, or I was, you know, I know I was like waiting for Duke to go on like an 8-0 run, go up by six, and then the game would kind of play itself out from there. It just never happened. Um, you know, there'd be times where UVA would be up six or five. Duke would make a three. You know, they cut it to one or two um, or maybe tie it. And, and it's like, okay, now it feels like Duke's about to start to kind of gather the momentum. And UVA would come down and, you know, like Gardner would make a runner or Shedrick would dunk or, you know, Kihei Clark would get in the lane and somebody would score or whatever it was. And they just kept making plays, making plays, making plays. Um, and, and you know, that's just not something we've seen from them throughout the season. And uh, despite the fact that, I mean, the box score is really weird. You know, they had very little success shooting the ball from three. Um, there was obviously a pretty big discrepancy in terms of free throws. They got what I call the full Cameron, you know, experience and, and overcame that and still won. And, um, you know, despite, like I said, not shooting the ball particularly well. And uh, I, I think, I, I don't know if this is all, I think coaches, I think Tony has said this, but coaches sometimes get too much credit and too much blame for individual games. But I really felt like Tony outcoached Coach K um, in this one. I thought K uh, and Duke were kind of slow to make adjustments and didn't make the right ones all the time. And um, switching to the zone didn't really end up shutting UVA down completely. They still got points in the paint. Um, and it was just a very impressive effort and, uh, they, you know, just a very tough, tough-minded sort of game. And obviously, you know, making that huge shot at the end of the game and all the plays that led up to that, the tie-ups, both of them, because you had to flip the possession arrow. Um Reese's steal and one getting a stop with 30 seconds left. Um, all the little things that kind of went in their favor, they just kept making plays and, and you just got to give them credit. I don't know. And we'll, I'm sure we'll get into this, like what this is going to mean come 
selection Sunday. Um, but at least they've put themselves in a position to have a chance. Um, and, and I think that the team and the players deserve a lot of credit because nobody or most people anyway, didn't really give them much of a chance, myself included. I don't know which – you know, Ferber said the, the, the box score looks crazy. I, I don't know which stat blows my mind more, that Virginia had tw- – we had a 20-2 to two advantage in points off turnovers, Damon, or that when it came to fast break points, Virginia had a 10-1. to one. That one's wild. That's just nuts. To go into Cameron – listen, I, I mean, I, I want to back up here, Damon, before I kick this over to you because I kind of want to – I kind of want to set the scene of what I expected in this game. You know, I, I saw the Griffin kid go nuclear the other day. Right. And he's played pretty well lately. And that three headed monster as and, you know, I'm not real big on the uh, the way that they do a lot of these TV things. But I really thought that the point that they were trying to make about Bancaro, uh, Williams and Griffin was very well said. The thing about that is, is that like then you've also got Roach and you've got Keels and more you know, and more. Right. So Duke is a very it's like how talented can they all team. be bad? Right. <laughs> like, right. Exactly. Duke is a very talented team. Now. I was thinking this as the game went on, but because I, I have, you know, I have seen the video from Joe Ovis and uh, Lauren Brownlow, I want to reference them um, because they were they were talking post game in their um, ACC panic room that they do. And I thought this was just an excellent point. And this is what I saw. And Damon, you tell me if this is what you saw. I saw a Duke team that expected to win. Virginia was like, no, we're going to we're going we're gonna to play our asses off tonight. You're going to have to beat us. And Duke was like, no, 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 but we just want you to lay down. And Virginia's like, no, no, we're going to play. We're going to play hard. You're just going to you're either going to do this or we're just going to like keep dicing you up. And Duke was like, but that sounds hard. And <laughs> Virginia was like, no, we're going to we're going to we're going to keep doing this. And if you don't like step your game up, we're going to kick your ass. And Duke was like, but 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 they got a little bit of momentum right there at the end. Right. And they seem to almost be in a place where you thought, like, yep, this is the moment. They went ahead. You know, they've been chipping away at it, chipping away at it. Virginia had continued to sort of, like, take every punch and punch back. Take every punch and punch back. Didn't matter how many free throws Duke was shooting. Didn't, <laughs> didn't matter what the foul situation was. Just kept, you know, just returning the, the favor left and right. And then Duke goes the last 249 without a field goal. What I saw was a front-running Duke team. And a Virginia team that was, for the first time this season, like, they played confident basketball. They didn't get they didn't one mistake didn't lead to two. They didn't get outside their skis. You know, Shedrick is eight for eight from the floor. Um, Kafaro was three of six. You know, it, it was a just a it was just a well rounded, sort of solid game. It didn't matter that they didn't hit a bunch of threes. They just got it done elsewhere. Um, and they stayed confident. That's not the Virginia team I have seen to this point in the season. And certainly not the team I expected to see in this matchup. So my question to you, Damon, is what, when you watched this game unfold, did it surprise you more that Duke was such a, you know, maybe not up necessarily up to the fight part of this game or that Virginia just kept responding and responding and responding? I think the I think it's a combination of both. I think I think we all kind of went into this when anticipating the same script unfold. Uh, and even after UVA got off to that strong start, got off to – Force them to take that early timeout with the A2 start. Uh, I think we all kind of waited for, for lack of a better way of putting it, but for reality to set in and for the Duke team that we all kind of were anticipating seeing, especially in Cameron, to show up. And, and that team never fully showed up throughout the course of the night. And UVA just kept 
just kept plugging away, just kept doing what it, it, they came in with a plan and they knew what that plan was. And they, they executed the, the, I mean, you talked about the points in the paint disparity and uh, yeah, and they weren't hitting, they did, they weren't taking a whole lot of shots from the outside, at least initially as the game wore on, they started letting it fly from the outside a little bit more, but at least initially they were making a very concerted effort to, um, to get the ball, the ball in the paint. And obviously Duke made some adjustments, which probably forced them into uh, some of those outside shots. But I mean, the second half, I, I think like Ferber was talking about it earlier too, but like there were those, there were those spots where UVA would be up by five and Duke could hit a three or Duke could get a bucket, cut it to three, cut it to two, or it'd be a three point game and Duke could cut it to one. And it just seemed like every single time that would happen, UVA immediately responded at the other end. And it also seemed like Kihei Clark was in the middle of it every single time, whether it was him. There was that one time when he made a quick move to the bucket, went coast to coast for an easy layup. And there were plenty of other times when he was setting up guys like especially Shedrick for some of those dunks. And I mean, I don't know. Uh, the the I was thinking about this this morning, the difference between the way Kihei played at Notre Dame and the way he played last night, it's just – like if that guy, if he played the way he played last night at Notre Dame, I don't know, maybe they win that game too, the way that one kind of shook out at the end. But so like you mentioned Shedrick's line, didn't miss a shot from the floor, eight for eight. Like if he hasn't, I'm not ready to say he has arrived, but he's starting to get up on the porch and knock on the door. He He's so close to arriving and, and becoming more of a finished product. And 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 what what you saw him do last night, obviously Beekman with the shot at the end and some of the other plays he made to strip at the end. And they just, they just never backed down. UVA never backed down. They, they, it's just crazy to me. Again, I was thinking about this earlier, but the same team that lost at JMU uh, won that game last night at Cameron and did not look phased or the Houston game. Think about what they look like in the Houston game, going back even farther. Uh, how, how ill-equipped for that environment they looked back in November compared to the way that they didn't look at least bit phased by Cameron last night. Um, and yeah, I think everything you said about Duke kind of going into this, expecting to win kind of getting punched in the mouth and not being prepared for that and never fully regrouping from that. Uh, I definitely think that was the case last night. I definitely think they were not expecting to get punched right in the mouth by UVA right from the start. And uh, UVA just kept knocking them down and yeah, it's uh I mean, I've said this to a few people today. It just the 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 conversation about this team, even just compared to what it was a week ago, where it is now, and when you start talking, and I know we're going to get into it, but like the bubble conversation and some of the other things, and the way they've improved and the way they're playing, and the consistency they seem to the next level of consistency they seem to have found, it's just pretty. Uh, just in the span of a week it's crazy about how much the conversation and the narrative have sh- has shifted in a positive direction. One housekeeping note uh, from Fisherville, David Spence is on the show. How's it going, my friend? It's going well. Who is on the board at who is on Twitter. Good to be I, here. I, I like <laughs> how you didn't even like waste time with a joke. You just went straight to the, to the, to the info. Um, so Dave, we've been talking about uh, this game last night. I'm not sure if you watched it. How, hell, how many times have you watched it now? Have you watched it twice or did you watch it a third time? Just twice. Uh, Twice, twice fully through, and then the condensed game today. Yeah. Okay, so you did go three. That counts. All right. Um, 
The thing that I'm struck by, as Damon was talking, is I wanted to look up that, because I remembered them having a run, and Duke did have a 7-0 run that ended at the 249. That's the last field goal they made of the night. Keels makes a layup with uh, 249 left to put uh, to put Duke up, I guess, 66-63. Um, and if you had told me then that Virginia was going to win the game, I probably wouldn't have believed you, right? It definitely did feel like, man, th- this is this is – this was right there and they've let it slip, you know? And, and I was texting with not just you guys, but you know, a bunch of folks last night. And the general consensus seemed to be from most folks from the UVA side that I know that like most people went into last night, not really expecting much thinking like, this is probably going to be bad. Um, I won't tell you the number that Dave said in the text thread, but it was bad. What, what, what he thought was going to happen. And then, it, there was a point in the game where like, well, shit, now they're right there. Might as well take it, right? Like, that was a, the general consensus seemed to be like there was a time and a place, and finally, you know what, now it was going to feel like if they lost, it was like a real loss as opposed to that, you know, they just weren't up to the to the fight. Dave, as you watch this thing more than once now, um, how impressed are you with that effort, and how shocked were you to see Virginia go out and do what they did last night? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I was trying to figure out. Um, look, Virginia's had some amazing basketball in the last decade. Um, but I was trying to remember the last time I was this surprised about a UVA win. You know, Virginia's been so good the last several years. Surprises were usually of the bad variety, right? Um, so, I mean, I can't even name a game that was this surprising. Um, I mean, it had to be 2013. Uh, so, like, honestly, I mean... I, I was afraid Virginia was going to get absolutely boat raced last night. Um, I mean, if you look on paper, I didn't think there was a single position Virginia had an advantage um, over Duke. Um, there might have been some that were close to being a push, but you could argue that you know the the offensive firepower on the Duke side of that position outweighed the Virginia. Um, I mean, in my mind, going into that game, I was anticipating Mike Shashesky like making up for the you know for when Ralph Sampson played every position for all 40 minutes in the ACC tournament, ACC tournament. Um, so even when Virginia got up what 32 to 20 in the first half, I was enjoying it, but I wasn't, I wasn't ready to get on the hope boat yet. Um, Cause I'd kind of gone in. I mean, at that point I was like, well, even if, you know, even now at least I didn't get embarrassed. Um, and look, I was just, I'm still utterly shocked by what I saw last night. Like that team was, it wasn't just, it wasn't that Duke played terribly. I mean, they didn't play well, but a lot of that was forced by Virginia. Literally everyone who saw the floor last night played one of their best games of the year. Um, certainly on the defensive side, it was, but that was a whole different team defensively. Um, I mean, I, I was trying to go to, I was trying to figure out how Gardner was going to score in that game because he just had such a, you know, Duke had such a size advantage at, that could guard him. And honestly, like he kind of had his way, uh, Tom Shedrick was ridiculous. Kafaro was super good when he was in. Even Cody had a, you know, and one and a block. Um, yeah, and then Kihei and Franklin, as you guys were already talking about. Like, it, look, it was absolutely amazing. Like, I, the second time I watched it was much better because I knew the ending. Um, <laughs> you much less stressed yeah, by then. Yeah, but, I mean, just – Every time you thought Virginia would just fold, they they fought back, um, made big shot after big shot, and so many offensive rebounds. Yeah, it was just, like I said, probably the most surprising result 
positively in almost a decade. So I want to ask this question to everybody because I think this is uh, an interesting discussion. So I, I've I've never I don't know it kind of depends on the group and the team and the situation. But sometimes this whole adage about like the things that you go through early in the season prepare you for the things later on and such. I don't know if I always believe that. I, I think that there are there are certainly teams who who have to go through some some growing pains and have to go through some turmoil to sort of figure it out. Um, certainly when you have a, a group like this where there are a lot of pieces that need to fit together, you just need time, right? It doesn't necessarily matter what happens to you while you're on the floor. You just need to be on the floor together. Um, but I'm, I'm curious, I'm curious to get your, your points of view here. It feels like to me that this Virginia team has never been splintered. Um, like even when their things were just kind of cruddy, right? It was not because like guys, you know, weren't getting along or the thing wasn't working, right? It was just like they weren't playing. They simply just were not playing well. And I'm not entirely sure. Um, I'm not entirely sure as I look back on it, if if this was a this was a situation where all of a sudden all of the systems were a go, or if this has just been there all along and they finally played consistently. And they and and the the nuance there is there's a difference to me between like. Shedrick going, what has he been, like he's 11 for his last 11 or something like that, 14 or something like that between the last two games. He was 8 of 8 against Duke and then against Miami he was uh, 3 of 3. So it's his, he's made his last 11 shots from the floor. Like little things like that, like bunnies going in versus not. You know what I'm saying? Like it just feels like they're just a, a handful of these things and I can't tell if I think it's because they – they kind of all at the same time took a step forward or if this was always there, they just couldn't do it consistently. And there's a difference to me between consistently just being who you are and also taking like Kihei Clark last night was just a different dude. Like, like he just, he did, he was him. He was himself in the sense of like, you know, he was a, uh, he was good with the ball and such and such and such, but like he got to the rim through traffic last night in ways that he doesn't, he, he was dicing, Trevor Keels up. Um, I just thought like there were several performances last night that just were beyond where we've seen them. So I'm curious to get y'all's point of view here. Ferber, let's start with you. Do you feel like what you saw last night was a step forward? Or was it just like, hey, this is who this team should have been all along. They just couldn't consistently do it. Uh, I think I think it's definitely a step forward. And I think it definitely can inspire some confidence in this group. You know, I think I honestly think without the result on Saturday against Miami, they probably don't come into this game with the same edge, you know, and I felt like they brought it from the start last night. And um, when I say this, I don't want to say it. I don't want to make it seem like I don't think they were playing hard before, but you know, when, when they were losing at the end and, and right before they went, made the game winning shot, I was fully ready to go on Twitter after the game and be like, you got to, give it up to them for the effort. Like even if they fell a bucket short, it's, it hasn't always felt like they left it out on the, you know, all out on the floor and did their best and came up short this year. It feels more like they didn't play well or made too many mistakes, or maybe it's not the right group or they just have weaknesses that other teams can exploit, whatever it might be. It's different on a given night. Um, my reservation in saying like this UVA team is like a different team now and, I don't think that's where you were going, but um, I'm not sure that like what I've seen this year speaks like, I don't think this team is necessarily like inconsistent and they hit like the peak because we haven't seen them like steamroll 
like anybody except for Providence, which was like really early in the season. And, and it still counts obviously, but um, you know, even in ACC play, I mean, they've kind of like grinded out some wins and um, some of them were relatively comfortable. Like Miami obviously was a good win. You know, the, the second Clemson game, they led most of the way and, but you know, that was tight at times. Even Louisville kind of got back into it after like a really terrible start. Um, and then we've seen them blow some leads. Um, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I, I need to see more. And I know people are going to be rolling their eyes at that because they're like, they just went and beat Duke. Like they're not going to play anybody better. Um, and that's true in the regular season. I mean, um, but I think my concern is that like this team really struggles to shoot and you know, these mid range um, sort of shots that Gardner was hitting the post stuff. Uh, I think, you know, what they did was great, but I don't know if you can consistently count on those plays just because like they're inefficient sort of plays. Um, there's a reason that teams have kind of gotten away from it because those shots, you don't shoot the percentages that you need for them to be reliable versus a three, which is maybe a lower percentage shot, but you get three points out of it. Um, and it opens up the floor and all that stuff. I just need to see a little bit more. Um, I want to see them kind of like take care of business on Saturday against a bad Georgia tech team or a pretty bad Georgia tech team. Um, and then they can kind of start their push, but I'm not quite at the point where I'm going to say like, now they're about to turn it on, but we've seen them do similar things in other years. So I wouldn't completely rule it out either. It's just, um, I don't know how to treat this, but like sort of an outlier, you know, um, I am really happy with what I saw on Saturday against Miami. Um, but like I said, I mean, beating Duke and beating Miami is not the same. So I, you know, I'd like to see more, but obviously it shows you what they can do if nothing else. Let's go, uh, Damon, let's go to you. Um, do you feel, do you feel like this is, this was a sign of the team taking that next step that, you know, cause I almost feel like, you know, the first one, like they haven't really steamrolled anybody. I feel like you have to do this thing first and then you do the other thing that we've seen Virginia basketball teams do, which is, you know, go out, handle business. There's no doubt in the mind, in your mind at all. And then they move on to the next, certainly this time of year, because of sort of where they are in the bubble, which we were, we're going to get to in a minute. Um, you kind of have to have wins, right? Wins are all that matters, but some, you know, some, some style points wouldn't be a bad thing, right? Some, some metric stacking wouldn't be a bad thing. Um, do you feel like this is, this was a sign of the team, these last two games, at least sign of the team taking that step forward, or is this just essentially them kind of being more consistent at the thing that they should have been doing all along? Yeah, I think, uh, I think it's, I, I, that it's really hard for me to enunciate what I think. I think a variety of things have ha are happening at the same time here. And it all came together in sort of a perfect storm uh, these last couple of nights, these last couple of games. And now I think the question is whether this perfect storm is here to stay or if it's kind of fleeting. But I think, I, I think the, the thing that sets this UVA team apart from some of the previous teams, I think we all agree. And it's, and, and it's kind of been the story of the season to this point was, is it just lacks the kind of talent, uh, the kind of depth and talent that some of those other teams had, this team just isn't quite as talented. And obviously some of the storylines coming into the season, when you go back to November, December, where working in uh, Franklin and Gardner, uh, Beekman and Shedrick kind of, will they take that next step? How will they develop? Um, and I think some of those things are starting to happen now. I think we've talked for a couple of weeks now about the little things that Reese Beekman has been doing for 
I don't know, a month now, if not longer. Uh, yeah, definitely longer at this point. It's February. But um, yeah, like Reese Beekman has kind of raised his game to another level. Same with, as I mentioned earlier, Shedrick seems to be getting more consistent and more comfortable, more confident. Kafaro is a different player than he was even just two, three months ago in November and December. Uh, I think they've figured out how to, I think Gardner and Franklin have figured out how they can contribute on the offensive end, where they fit best, what they can do. And they've, they've gotten better defensively as well, obviously. Um, and so I think all of those different things have been happening on, happening on their own timelines. And it seems like all of those timers have hit zero here and the alarms are going off at a good time. Uh, at, at these last two games, especially these, obviously these two big wins. And so, yeah, I think, I think this is kind of when you say this is who we thought they would be. I think this is maybe who we hope they would be, who people hope this team would be this year. And and now we're starting to see all the pieces kind of come together. And 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 now the question is, and again, I know we're going to get into it, is are these pieces all starting to come together in time to make a late run here to make it all worth it uh, to get into the NCAA tournament? I don't know if worth it's the right way of putting it, but <laughs> uh, but you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, I think, I, I think this is just a team that, that, uh, like I said, there've been a variety of things going on with this team throughout the course of the year. And now whether the stars are aligning, whether it's a perfect storm, whatever analogy you want to want to use, I think the, the pieces are starting to fall into a place to a certain, at least to a certain degree. And, uh, it's shaping up to be an interesting final couple of weeks. Dave, last night I saw a confident team. I saw a team that was not unmoored by its mistakes. I saw a team that took some punches from the number seven team in the country with a with you know a bunch that you can we can talk about how good Duke is or isn't blah blah blah. They got talent right. That's the most talented team Virginia's seen this season, right? Um, it, it, what I saw last night was a Virginia team that was 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 up to the fight was was not going to back down, right? I mean, no, no disrespect intended here, but Malachi Poindexter played 14 minutes in this game. Um, you have a walk-on coming in and playing, giving you know double-digit minutes, and you know if you look at the big picture, it certainly didn't seem to slow Virginia down at all, right? Yeah, he was minus four and plus minus, but that's not the end-all, be-all. You know, I saw a Virginia team that for the first time this year, not just like I don't want to do the whole you know Lewis Virginia basketball, but what. But, but what felt true to me was that, like these dudes believed in themselves in a way that I don't know if I've seen them do that. And that's when I asked that question, whether or not what we saw them was taking a step or was this just them doing what they're supposed to do, but doing it consistently. I almost feel like the actual answer is both. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think they've definitely taken a step forward. I mean, I think you, you can't just look at, you know, winning at Duke is big. I mean, the championship team didn't win at Duke. Um, you know, it's not easy to do. They did it, but they also did it after beating Miami and Boston College. You know, second longest win streak in the ACC right now. You, you know, it, you, you can't talk about Virginia in a vacuum. Like you know, everybody in the ACC struggles to string together dominance. Um, look, it's not because there's a whole lot of excellence in the league right now. There's <laughs> a lot of mediocrity, but um, I mean, maybe you know, certainly it's a grind. You know, twenty game league season is long. Um, Combine that with the out of conference and you know all the COVID stuff that was definitely more affecting leading into the year. 
you know, it's just a grind on these guys. And, you know, right now they're, they're playing their best basketball of the season. That's really all you can ask for. Um, you know, nine and five in the ACC. Like, look, you know, the big thing I saw last night was, look, I mean, maybe it's a little easier to get up for Duke than it is to get up for, say, Georgia Tech on Saturday. Um, you know, it's a, a big stage on a big Monday game. Um, and I believe it or not, you know, Duke played a game Saturday. Luckily, Virginia had the day off. So that you know, Duke was so tired compared to Virginia, but plus they had to come to JBJ. Yeah, yeah, you know, so so tough. Um, but no, it's a uh, look. The, what I saw last night from the team that encouraged me most. We've already talked about you know the, the they had the big lead. Duke made their run. Virginia didn't fold. Um, but there were just so many winning plays made by different guys in a huge environment. Um, like we we know Shedrick, we 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 know a lot of the guys that have been around him for a couple of years, but this is the first time getting extended minutes in that kind of atmosphere for just about everyone other than Kihei. Um, and I thought they all responded well. Um, everyone in that game last night made a winning play. You know, Kihei had two jump balls in the final four minutes. Like everyone remembers the one at the end, but the one he had earlier, you know, which seemed meaningless, gave Virginia possession on the next one. Um, you know, Reese had the steal before the shot, you know, this kind of got blocked, had the steal, and then the chance ran one, which he missed, and then obviously the big shot. Um, Gardner had some huge shots down late, a couple of them through contact that weren't called. Um, and for this team, you know, which relatively, you know, is relatively young in Tony's system and new as a group together this year, they didn't get flustered. I mean, Duke's players were jumping around complaining about calls and yelling at our, our bench, like, Definitely Virginia was a more poised team last year. And I don't think I would have, we would have seen that from this Virginia squad a month ago. Um, and I, look, it's one game. It's, it's easy to be happy when you're winning, but I see a little more camaraderie on the court, a little more joy playing together. Um, so maybe things are going the right way. Now that could all change if they lay an egg Saturday, but I'm a lot more confident than I was last podcast. <laughs> yeah. Ain't that a truth? I feel like we all we, we all we all went through like some catharsis or whatever last night because it wasn't. Let's be real about this though. It wasn't just that they like played a good team or they were on the road. It was who they were playing and where they were playing the game and the whole Coach K piece and the fact that like the refs were you know like you know all you need to know is that Duke shot twenty two free throws, made eighteen in this game. Virginia was five of nine. That's all you need to know about the disparity in between those two things, right? And I think for a lot of fans, this this rivalry has has this is a rivalry, right? You look at these games between these two programs; they have they've been very close the last what eight nine years or whatever that is. Um, you know, back since you know it felt like when Virginia finally beat them in the ACC tournament to win that championship, like that was like it was a monumental moment for the program. And obviously, you know, some things happened after that for to be bigger, but. This game still feels like the benchmark for your season, and I think for a lot of Virginia fans, they went into this game thinking like, "Hey, this is this is going to be a rough one." And by the end of it, they were not just proud of their team, but they had they 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 felt like it's always felt, in you know, the at least the way it's become for for this game. And I feel like that's a significant uh, piece of this narrative, which is like they didn't just go out there and beat a um, you know Florida State team who was like you know eighth in the country right they they went to Cameron Indoor a place where they historically have not always had the best outcomes you know the Suleiman shot you know the the grace and travel um all that fun stuff right every um, other game so I'm I'm in my yeah. 30s 
I was at the 2018 game. So this is the first time I've ever seen UVA win there on television. Think about that. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because the last one was like, what, 1995? I was six. Or five. I was five. <laughs> like, that's that's right. I was going to send you guys some text last night, yeah, but it was too late. I stayed up late. Um, but yeah, about how much stuff, crazy stuff has happened in the last 10 years, you know, as the old head here, um, (laughs) there's probably, Virginia's got more wins in the last 10 years at different places than I saw in my first 30 plus. Like it's insane. I mean, you talked about all those like bad luck situations they ran into. Um, another one that people don't talk about is 2019. It wasn't bad luck necessarily, but they played a really, really, really tight game against Duke the first time with the Zion Barrett team. Um, I went to that one because Brad was banned. Um, That's right. I forgot about that. And that was a great, that was a great game that nobody talks about anymore. I think Duke won by a two. Um, And I don't think there was any like buzzer beater or anything in that one. Like um, Duke was kind of like up by a couple of points most of the way and UVA just couldn't win at the end. But like that was a tough game. And, and then before all of those games that you mentioned, the Suleiman shot, everything before that at Cameron was just an embarrassing blowout. (laughs) Like, how many of those did we watch? Seriously. How many of those did I go and cover and be like, oh, again? Okay, great. Yeah, 24-point loss. <laughs> like, so let's so let's get into the bubble conversation. Um, obviously, the win over Miami and the win over Duke, at least they changed the narrative. But they also, I think, give you lots of confidence about sort of where things could be headed for UVA. Now, to put this in context, um, I, I know – and this is this – is, bewildering to me i don't know what it is that the metric system see in virginia tech that i don't see i'm not saying that virginia tech's not any good and i'm certainly not saying that they're not going to have you know they're on a little bit of a run right now uh they found um you know their stroke they they seem to be uh, hitting more shots and stuff but I, I just don't see when i look at virginia tech schedule why you know a win last night uh, over pittsburgh also point point of order can you guys ever remember playing two Paying the same team twice in a Saturday Monday situation. I mean, I realize that, that that's really a reschedule. It's a but makeup like, game, I'm sure, right? Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. A, it was a makeup game. But like the idea that they played Pittsburgh at, at home, excuse me, in Pittsburgh on on Saturday, and they came home to play them on Monday, right? Is just bizarre. Like totally bizarre. And I'm looking through their Ken Palm now. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think they're kind of an outlier where they're ranked. They're 36. Um, the one thing like that. The reason they're there is because they're 17th on offense. Yeah, um, right. And they're and and I mean their defense is not great, but it's not terrible. You know, we're like what the one something one that what I see. And a lot of their a lot of their losses are to teams that aren't like spectacular, but they're not bad. So like 53rd ranked Memphis, 29th ranked Xavier, Wake, Dayton. These are all like top 100 teams. They only have two losses to non top 100 teams at BC and and then home for NC State. Um, but they're not in the field right now, even with this, even with these metrics. So, yeah. Well, let so for, for the Virginia side of things, obviously, you know, they're on a three-game winning streak now. They get Georgia Tech Saturday. They then go to Blacksburg Monday. All right, let's just say for the, for the sake of argument that they win both of those two games over the Techs, right? So that would put them at 11-5 and five in the league. So then they would close with a game in Coral Gables on next Saturday, the 19th. They get Duke again at home the following Wednesday, and then they close the season with two Saturday games, February 26th and 5th, 
at home against Florida State to close it out, and then at Louisville, respectively. Um, it's 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 enticing, right? Like it's kind of like you just look at that and you think, could they run? Could they run the table? It's ridiculous, probably, to think that they're going to win. My they're going to beat Virginia Tech, Miami, uh, and Duke two on the road, and then the other one at home, and win all those three games in a row. I feel like they need. Let I me mean, actually. I'm going to take a step back. Ferber, what do you feel like they need to do? Like, what what business do they have to take care of among these last six games in order to make, even if it we're talking like win a game in the tournament to make the NCAA's? What do you feel like they have to do to make that conversation um, realistic? Yeah. So I'm glad you asked. Um, I actually wrote down some stuff, and I honestly, if you asked me a week ago, I would have been like, I'm not going to have to do this. Um, but here we are. So Georgia Tech, Florida State, and Louisville are all quadrant. I'll just kind of explain this real quick. UVA in the net is 80th. The net is like the primary sorting tool the committee uses to um, rank teams. It's not the only metric. It's not like how they decide the field. I, I get everybody's concerns about the net. We've heard about it a bunch of times. Um, I'm not going to defend the net. I'm just telling you where they are. So UVA is 80th um, and 76th in Ken Palm. Um, so they have six games left, three are quadrant three. That's Georgia Tech, Florida State, and Louisville, and then three quadrant one. So, and this is just right now. So, like, if Miami tanks, Miami's, like, right on the cut line of being a quadrant two if they, like, lose a bunch more games before UVA plays them in a couple weeks. Um, maybe that game's not as helpful for UVA. If they win some, then it becomes more helpful. Um so what I would say is, so UVA's resume, for people, I, I guarantee you there's going to be people, this is going to become a thing again. People are going to start to say, like, UVA is fourth in the ACC or whatever. How could they be on the wrong side of the bubble? And let me explain. So, like I said, they're 80th in the net. Their quadrant one record is two and four, which is not bad. Um, they beat Providence and Duke. So those are two. And then two and three versus quadrant three, which is like, or no, sorry, they're four and two against quadrant two. So – that's like pretty good. Like that's not bad, but they're two and three against quadrant three, which is terrible. Like that's really bad. Um, that's like your Navy loss, your JMU loss. Um, who else did they lose to uh, NC state? Maybe um, the Clemson loss, the Clemson loss at home is bad. Um, the NC state loss uh, is like a borderline quadrant two quadrant three. It's like, okay. Yeah. Cause it was edge. on the road. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. The Clemson one was worse. Um, and then they're seven and zero against quadrant four, which is fine. Like that's not a big deal. Um, so I would say if they want to have any chance, and again, I'm just, I'm just giving you the numbers. Like people are going to be like, that can't be. Cause I've already had people on Twitter be like, how could they not get in with this amount of wins? Um, they probably need to sweep the quadrant threes. So Georgia tech, Florida state, Louisville. Um, I don't, I, if you lose one of those, you better like make up some ground in the quadrant ones. Um, with the quadrant ones, it's at VT, at Miami, at Duke, or at home for Duke. I think you probably still need to win two. Um, that would be a five and one finish. So I know that's asking a lot. You might be able to sneak in with four and two if two of those losses are to like, like let's say you lose like in Blacksburg and then to Duke, but you beat Miami um, or something like that. Maybe you get in, um, but you probably still need to do some work in Brooklyn um their metrics just aren't in a good place right now even with the win last night um and just real quick i compared them to florida who's in lenardi's last four in just out of curiosity 
Florida's 44th in the net. So that's, you know, 36 ahead of UVA, 49th in Ken Palm. Um, their quadrants are not like that far off. They're one and five versus Q1. Um, their best win is Ohio State. So UVA actually has a better win than they do. Um, they're three and two versus Q2, but they're six and oh against quadrant three and UVA's two and three. That's the huge difference. Um, and then Florida has one really bad quadrant four loss um, and five wins. So, I mean, they've got a lot of work to do to have a chance, but they have the opportunities, which is the most important thing. If you didn't, if their back end of the schedule was like, um, you know, instead of Duke and Miami, they're playing like Boston college and, you know, uh, whoever NC state at home, like they, they wouldn't probably have a chance besides like running the table and then probably getting to like the ACC tournament championship. So at least they have a chance. I have, it's funny. I am so bad. My, my bracketology skills suck because it's been a long time since I feel like we needed to talk about bracketology, right? Like it for so many years there, it was like, yeah, Virginia's definitely making the tournament. Right. Yeah, it was like a question of seating and stuff. Right, like it's always a seating situation. You're never worried about like what it took to get in. Um, Even that 2020 team, like Will, our friend, brought that up on Twitter today. Like they closed out with like what eight wins in a row or whatever it was. Um, like that team was like on the right side of the bubble when they started that streak and then worked their way up to like a five seed yeah, before the yeah. season got canceled. Yeah. So it wasn't like they were like on the bubble when the season ended. Right. And so it just it's very strange to me to um to be be sort of having these conversations in essence because we haven't had to have these conversations in a long long time um i i feel like trying to prognosticate what's going to happen from here on out it seems like a fool's errand but i'm at least going to ask what the vibe how do, how do we what do we think is going to happen and i'm not asking you we're not going to go through and like pick the games or whatever i would i would think that to me the duke game at home even though it's at home especially now is probably the one that you circle um tech monday night on a you know in blacksburg is going to be rough um it's going to be a tough game tech's playing pretty well um and one yeah, of the things won about like four it, or five in a row yeah like one of the things about tech is that you know all season long they were expected to be something that they just weren't being right they just couldn't they couldn't score they couldn't shoot they've now scored 85 81 76 74 um Hunter Couture has decided to, you know, sell his soul to the great Satan himself because he is just on fire, it feels like. Um, I feel like every time I turn around, him or, or um, that other uh, kid whose name I can't remember right now. Um, that dude not, got hot against Florida State, and I was like, I don't even know who this guy is. Yeah, I know. I was like, like is he a walk-on? Like, I, I legitimately <laughs> didn't even know who that dude was. Um, but anyway, so Tech is, is shooting the ball really well, and the, the reality is is that, like, is in some ways, Duke is actually a decent matchup for UVA in a way that I didn't think I really fully appreciated until I watched it unfold in the sense that like, as long as Bancaro's not killing you, like they really, they, they kind of will struggle um, because Virginia can play big tech is not going to be that team, especially not when they spread you out and can shoot threes, you know, the way that they can. But anyway, um, Dane, let's go to you in, in, as you look ahead, obviously the Duke game is, is a, is a big one. You got to circle that one. But in general, what kind of what, what's what do you think of the work that Virginia has to do to put itself in the bubble? Do you see it as something that's um, in the realm of possibility? Do you think that like you still need to see you know you need to see them like go to Blacksburg and win before you you think it could be realistic? What do you, what's your what's your thought process on how things at least project as of now? Uh, yeah, I think I think that three game stretch. Um, 
obviously you ha- you cannot lose this game to Georgia Tech. Cannot lose this game to Georgia Tech. And then the three game stretch that comes right after it uh, is is kind of going to make or break things in, in in some ways. The uh, when you go to Tech, then you go to Miami, and then you're at home against Duke. Those are the, as Ferber uh, laid out pretty uh, in, in pretty good detail. Those are the three quadrant one wins. The three great opportunities still on this schedule here to uh to continue building that resume um yeah picking up that quadrant win last night that that quadrant one win last night is kind of the reason why the conversation has shifted so much uh there's a lot of value to it there same with the the miami win at home that's a quadrant two because it was at home but um but still yeah i think i think you need you need to win at least two of those three and i think the the Duke game probably needs to be one of the two, because because it's at home. If you, it, uh, I worry about that Miami game kind of falling off the quadrant one uh, list. There, yeah, just for a piece yeah. so people know, it's a uh, top seventy five away is quadrant one, and they're at seventy three right now. Yeah, I worry about that one falling off the list and and becoming a quadrant two by the time. I don't want to get bog- too bogged down. Yeah, and the committee will part. see that and say, like, yeah. okay, they're 77th in the net or whatever, like, whatever. But, I mean, yeah. UVA's quadrant three record needs some needs help because it's yeah, two I and was three. Yeah, I was actually <laughs> – I was not to get too far off off uh, off the conversation, but I was trying to figure out today if I had a, if I had a reset button, uh, if, like, I was playing a video game season and had a reset – I'm like, I'm not saving this game. Which game would I go back and replay – uh, from earlier this season. That's a great question. Yeah, with uh, with the way that team played last night, uh, I, I kept going back and forth between do you, do you tr- go back and like replay that JMU game or the Navy game? I think it's Navy. Yeah, yeah one of those because that one three. like really hurts your numbers and stuff too. I think because they're in like or, the two hundreds. Or the other one, I thought it was do you go back and replay the Iowa game and and because that was a one point loss. Yeah. In, and then that would be another quadrant one win for you. Or the NC State game was another one I thought of just replay. But anyway, like I said, I didn't want to get too far sidetracked on that one. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think that three game stretch there uh, is is what's going to kind of they need to handle their business in those other three games. And then that three game stretch coming up after Georgia Tech is going to kind of uh give us a much better idea of where the picture how clear the picture is going into brooklyn um if you win two out of the if you go three and oh in that stretch you're in that's two wins over duke two wins over virginia tech two wins over miami on your resume you're in a really good position yeah i mean Uh, if that happens you could maybe even spare like a loss to louisville or something yeah like yeah but, um, but that still doesn't guarantee you're going to get in. It's just kind of like that way, at least then with the committee, they look at it and say like, all right, this team like proved that they can play with Duke, it, you know, goes on the road in Blacksburg and wins, goes on the road to yep. Miami and wins. Yeah. Um, those are, those are three, like from a net perspective, all three of those teams are ahead of UVA in the net. So if you sweep all three of those teams, that's, that's a pretty solid resume foundation. Plus when you had yeah. that Providence win in there too. It would so. also help for them to play a little bit more efficiently and just like like on Saturday, if they win by like 18 and play well, yes. like that'll help their efficiency numbers more than Same if with they the Florida win by State four. Game. Yeah, Florida State and Georgia Tech are the, the, the Florida State and Georgia Tech games at this point are two opportunities to get some of those style points. And the uh, those three games in between there are opportunities to keep building the resume. And then Louisville at the end 
yeah. is kind of the cherry on top. It's, it's like you need to par Georgia Tech, Florida State, Louisville, and then you birdie, get some birdies. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And also, I mean, like, just not to linger on this too much. I know I've talked a lot, but like, it also matters what other teams do. Like, it's not just what UVA does. Like, um, North Carolina is squarely on the bubble. They snuck out a win at Clemson tonight, which is a pretty good win because it's on the road. They have no quadrant one wins. Um, but like, yeah, how they finish the season will matter. Like, you know, that sort of stuff is important. Um, Wait, is Michigan but... not quadrant one? No. No. Wow. Because well, it think... was at home, right? Yeah, because it was in a – Oh, yeah. Yeah. And some of these teams, like, I think, you know, this is where – and I, I understand people don't want to dig into the metrics always, but like you can't just look at records or like the name on the Jersey and be like, this win means a lot because it's so-and-so or because it's like UVA could win 14 ACC games. That doesn't mean they're good wins. Like just because they're ACC wins, like they, they don't look at the league you're in when they, when they make a, a choice. Um, also like Providence is 20 and two. And it's a that's one of UVA's two quadrant one wins, but they're not like fifth in Ken Palm or something like that, right? I mean, they're like in the 30s or something. So, and probably that has a lot to do with like who they played. Yeah, Providence um, is 42nd right now in Ken Palm. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, like that's a good win, but it's not like a great win. It's not like beating Kansas or something. There is um, only one ACC team in the top uh, 35. Yeah, there Ken is Palm. no other Duke for UVA to beat. Like there is no other team that would equal that. No, like three, four weeks ago, you're like, what a bad week, what a bad year to have Duke on the schedule twice. And now all of a sudden it's like, it's like, that's their, that's their saving grace if they get in. (laughs) Yeah. Especially winning in Durham. Like that's, that's like hitting a jackpot in the ACC this year from a, from, from a metric perspective. Yeah. And that's where, I mean, that's just where they are. Like they're playing a lot of teams that are like in the seventies and the sixties and it's hard to make a lot of progress. And I think last night people were expecting them to jump from like 88 in net to 30. And it's like, that's just not how it's going to work. It, that can't be the way it is with one game out of a 20 something game sample size, especially um, in February. Right. Yeah. I mean like once, yeah, if you did that in November, it might make you jump that far, but like it's one game, like they're not going to, you know, you're not going to flip the metrics on their head. Cause you beat one team. I mean, this team, I, yeah, I don't think they're going to do this, but like there are things in the history of this team from this season that tell us that they could lose to Georgia Tech. <laughs> like, you know, so let's. Well, I mean, don't for, the 2013 team beat Duke and then went up to Boston College and lost. I think that's sort of where I am with this team is like that team, it felt like they were going to be in and it's like they didn't handle the Q3 games. Um, and that team, like this team, had a bunch of bad losses that were weighing it down. I think they lost to like a terrible ODU team. Um, that was the year they lost to like Delaware. At Georgia, home. Ma- George Mason. Yeah. To open the season. Yeah. So like they had a bunch of bad losses that killed them when it came time to get in and they finished fourth in the league. Um, so Dave, I feel like we should give Ferber and Damian yeah. our own like bracketology podcast. <laughs> like y'all just like yeah. went in, man. Like, dang. <laughs> I know, and I know it sounds negative, but like if they win their next two games, then next week I'll be like, all right, like now they're going to be like making. No, I don't some think. See, I think this is a this is a good. I'm glad you said that. There's not a. There's not. It's not negative to to call. Yeah, I'm not wish casting. Exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah. It's like when you look because I think there's a, this this instance of like you know we, we we do previews on the site. You know we might pick a team to beat UVA. That's not saying that like that's what we want to see, right? Like. 
spoiler alert, there's a message board on the website. We definitely don't want UVA to ever lose, right? Like, trust me, it's always better for everybody if UVA wins. Um, but no, the, 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 the reality though, is that like when you look at it and you're trying to be, you know, you're, you're trying to, to judge it accurately, you can't just be like, yeah, UVA's in the, in the NCAA tournament, book it. Like, well, no, they're absolutely not. Um, and if you go into selection Sunday, you know, looking at this resume, they, yeah, this is enough. They didn't need to do any more work. Yeah. Um, I hate to break it to you, but that's and just another not thing too, is like people make apples to oranges sort of comparisons to previous years where it's like, well, this team got in two years ago with like a 10 and 10 ACC record. Yeah. It's like, but yeah, the but that's is not right. The ACC is not as good. And that team yeah. also might have beaten Michigan state and Florida or, you know, whoever. Um, and that's why they got in, yeah. you know, it's, it's not always the same every year. Like, um, I mean, we're talking about like a Wake Forest team that's probably going to finish like third. I don't even think they're like squarely in the field right so now. Like, Wake Forest is fortieth in Ken Palm, and right. but they're not a quad. They're not a quad one. Are are they a quad one? Uh, for UV, uh, like uh, that, like if UVA a, played them today, no, that would be quad two. But yeah, the, yeah, that loss is a quad two loss because it was in home. Wild. So yeah, yeah so like, that's a good. But that's a good that's, that's a game. That's a game they really could have used. That's what I was when y'all were having that conversation. That's the game I like picked out when I looked at the list because you know it's it's an eight point game. But if they played the way last night, if they played that way that night, yeah, they would have won that game. Yeah, Um, they had it. Oh yeah, they had the game for sure. Yeah, for sure. And then the wheels fell off, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, and they let. I mean, they held Alondis Williams in check for you know a good part of it, and then you know he just sort of he just sort of went off uh, late and. But the problem is that he just he, he he got everything in the paint, and and UVA you know, just stopped scoring. Yeah, well, here there is that. Um, all right, Dave, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the last word here before we wrap up. Um, I I don't know if you were on the show at this point earlier or if you came in after, but we were talking about sort of the idea that like for a lot of folks, kind of went into last night thinking like, hey, this thing is is gonna get is gonna get out of hand quick, and then there was a point in that game was finally like you you crossed the Rubicon from, all right, this thing is not you know. I, I, Duke's the better team. It's not a big deal. To like, all right, now I, w- I really want this. I know you were one of those people because you were one of the people I, I, I was referencing when I talked about it. Um, in that same spirit, making the tournament, not making the tournament, where, how much do you care? And I don't mean that in the sense of like, of course, you always want to make yeah. the tournament, but like, are you invested in them in the, in the sense of like, if they go out here these next six games and don't do enough to get in? Are you going to be Are you going to be frustrated, or are you going to say, "Hey, look, that's just sort of who they were"? Like, where where are you at on that spectrum right now? I'm not sure because you know, my spectrum changes within 40 minutes, evidently. <laughs> um, <laughs> look, I mean, the when we recorded the last podcast, the idea we'd be discussing what they need to do to potentially make the tournament was, you know, absurd at that point. So the fact that you know. I still think like five and one might might not get you in, which is depending on what happens, you know, in that's, conference tournaments that's in and play. stuff. UVA yeah. can go five and one, and if the if it's not the right five and one, and yeah. some other teams finish, they could easily end up like not even in the last first four out. <laughs> like, yeah, know. especially if you get you know a conference tournament or two as a surprise winner. Like, yeah, you know, it's going to be it's a weird year, but um, I mean, I'd like for the program to get in. I'd like for you know the the players that to, to get in. I'd like to have something to watch, um, other than other teams. But yeah, of course, I'm invested in it, and you know, I think they have a they have a shot now. Um, they play like they did last night. 
you know, five and one is definitely within the realm of possibility. Um, you know, which again was absolutely absurd just seven days ago. So things change quick and can change back the other way. But you know, if, if this year taught me one thing is like, week out of conference schedules can't happen, especially with the ACC where it is now. Um, I know they're, you know, the schedule is done a little bit in advance and obviously Virginia gave JMU that home game to open their new arena. Um, yeah, you, you got to have tougher schedules. I mean, Tech's, you know, the reason Tech is ahead of UVA and, and all that stuff now is their out-of-conference was better. And they lost some, you know, they didn't win a lot of those games. But but they also reward trying, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, it's better to go lose to Villanova than it is to beat Navy. Um, it's certainly better than it is to lose to Navy. So, um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think we all we all know that was a one-year thing. Virginia's played some really tough schedules. Um and it just is what it is. I'm just, you know, I'm excited to see what happens over the next few weeks. Um, and who knows? I mean, Virginia could end up, you know, they still have the ACC tournament. And if, well, I mean, I wouldn't put it past them to make a run there. You know, defense travels. Um, so many teams that are three happy, you might run up against a bus all you, but you might run up against a team that can't make anything. Um, all right. I really so have yeah. to rant for a second. I got to rant here. So I understand that, that, you look at a team and you say, oh, this team is good at X and Y. And when you look at them, you know, stack up how they, you know, their offense is this, defense is that. Guys, if you look at Tech's season thus far, it is trash. Like, they lost to Memphis, which is currently 53 in Kempom. All right. They lost to Wake, Wade, lost to Xavier, who's 29. They lost to Wake, who's 40th. They lost to Dayton, who's 62nd. Then they lost to Duke. They lost to NC State. They lost to Virginia. They lost to Boston College. They lost to North Carolina, and they lost to Miami. Their best win right now, the entire season, is Notre Dame. Okay? There's, and yeah. I'm just using Kempom as my reference because that's what's in front of me. They're 64. Look at their, look at their four-game win streak they're on. That everyone's talking about how hot they are. They beat in Georgia right, Tech, hit twice. So at the beginning of the season, they had a four game winning streak to five game winning streak to start. They bur- they beat Maine three hundred fifty fourth, Navy one hundred fifty fourth, Radford three hundred nine. Sorry, Ferber. Uh, St. Francis three fifteen and Merrimack three twenty six. Right, like who they they've played nobody. They've beaten nobody. Um, their four game winning streak: Florida State eighty seven, Georgia Tech one fifty five, and then Pittsburgh twice at two hundred one. Um, now, granted, they might come out. They've got three games straight at home. They get Syracuse, Virginia, North Carolina at home. Win those three, that's 74, 76, 43, at least as of today, right? They get Georgia Tech again on the road, then they go to Miami, and then they close the season with a home game against Louisville, and then they go to uh, Clemson. None of those games are going to be like really big wins, right? None of those teams currently, Carolina is the highest rated among them at 43rd. Like, I'm the sorry. Best, like, the best win left for them would be at Miami. Yeah, because that Miami, would be more right. valuable than beating right. Carolina. Than beating a Carolina home. Right, exactly. So they got three home games against Georgia Tech, Miami, and Clemson. I mean, maybe they just they run the table. They you know, they finish, you know, on a what, three, four, ten, eleven game winning streak, and they're just amazing. But I don't I don't know, man. Like that's just really hard for me to yeah. process. I mean, again, like they don't have they don't have the good wins. Like they really don't. Like you're right, Notre Dame's their best win. That I can see, they might have had a, like a better road win somewhere, but um, just if you look at like the difference between home and road. But yeah, I mean, I think for them, it's like they don't have the they don't have the good, really good wins, but they don't have the albatross losses that UVA has, and that's that's the 
a big thing. Like um, their worst loss is at Boston College. That's Lose. like that's a bad loss, but it's not like a Navy loss or like losing a at home loss. to UVA would be bad for them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That might that would actually be pretty Although bad. Although UVA keeps yeah, but if yeah. UVA keeps climbing the net, um, and that's part of the thing too is when they started this win streak, that Florida State win looked a lot better. <laughs> yeah, and it's Florida State's tanking. But yeah, let's get back to Dave. So, Dave, did you have anything else? I think you might have finished. Um, I clearly, I don't have an unmute button. Um, <laughs> no, no. Technology. It, I mean, have you been talking fun. this whole time? I have been said so much to say. Um, no, I mean, yeah, not, not really anything to add. It's going to be an interesting couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to the tech game. Um, <laughs> that'll be, be a big, good. I mean, that's a big opportunity. Oh, it sure. is. And that'll be before we record next week. So, I mean, like at that point, so we'll at this point next week, we'll have three different possible outcomes. Yep. One will be they won both games and it's like, okay, now they're like starting to kind of like get closer. Um, you know, they got picked up another Q1. Um, and at that point, you'd be glad that Virginia Tech's overrated in the mid. In the yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, they, yeah, very that's, quickly that's you go back to UVA's to benefit at this point. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, you want that to be like a team yeah. ranked, ranked high. Yeah, and and then it's like, all right, now they're now they're rounding into form. Um, I don't think they're gonna get first in the ACC at this point, just based on what the teams in front of them have left. But they could. You would start to talk about maybe they finish like top four, third, second. Who knows? Um, and you'd be heading into a week with Miami and Duke, but like if they lose one of these next two, then it's probably like now it's like now they have to like win out, you know, um, their last four. Or if they lose both, then we're like, all right, we don't have to worry about that anymore. We're on spring ball. Then we're talking <laughs> baseball. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> baseball and spring ball. If you are somebody who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, or wherever it is that you get your programs. If you're somebody who's found the pod but has not given us a look at the website yet, you can check us out at CavsCorner.com. Lots of stuff uh, from the basketball you know, wins and such. Um, obviously, we're coming out of signing day still, so there's still some stuff coming out of that. So give that a look as well. And I know Damon's going to get um, coordinators here in the next couple of days too, so that should be really interesting to keep track of. Um, I want to f- uh, thank MyPerfectFranchise.net for their support of the show and the website. You can visit MyPerfectFranchise.net for more information on how you can find freedom in your next venture and discover the perfect fran- franchise for you. I want to thank everybody there for supporting the show. I want to thank uh, Dave Ferber and Damon for giving graciously your time as always. I very much appreciate it. So for David Spence, Justin Ferber, and Damon Dillman, I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.